Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. <laughs> Gator Nation, welcome back to episode 33 of the Respect Our Decision podcast. As always, I'm your boy Hirsch, and with me is the hype man Wes. Good. And CJ the man McCann. What's going on? All right, Gator Nation, huge recruiting show on deck for you. A lot of recruiting nuggets to get to and some general conversation we're going to have about a few things we want to we want to talk about getting as the Gators start to really fire into this recruiting cycle. As always, guys, though, make sure you go out there and download this episode wherever you get your podcast from. We're available on all providers. And if you haven't already, guys, check us out on YouTube at our YouTube channel, Respect Our Decision. And if you're new to the podcast or new to finding us on YouTube, if you don't mind, take a second and subscribe to the channel. It helps us a great deal. Hit that notification bell so you get a notification anytime we drop more content. Uh, give the episode a like if you think you, uh, you know, if you like it. And drop us a comment down below on what you think about our opinions. Uh, tell us you agree, you don't agree. You know, hey, we read them all, man. We appreciate the feedback. And as always, guys, if you like to support us as creators, check out our Patreon. Respect our decision. We appreciate everybody so much for their support. And as always, guys, before we jump into it, just want to remind everybody we are partnered with Prize Picks, guys. It is a good time of year to join on with Prize Picks. You got MLB opening day next week. You got NBA playoffs coming up hot. USFL coming around the corner to join the That's XFL. Right. Man, I'm That's talking right. the, All the, the big football. time football. Go ahead, man. <laughs> Prize Picks is daily. Fantasy, where you pick four or five over-unders, man, parlay them together, get you a big payday. As always, use code RESPECT100. Prize picks will match your first deposit up to $100. Guys, there's all kinds of good recruiting news in the air, man. We're going to start it with the with the big fish, man, Mr. DJ Lagway. Of course, you know DJ, the five-star quarterback out of Willis, Texas. DJ got another honor this week. He was invited to the inaugural own three NIL Elite Series, which is a, I, honestly, I don't know a whole lot about what they're going to be doing there. I'm, I'm sure they're going to be coaching these kids on NIL and how they can better monetize themselves and things of that nature. But he, only the top 50 prospects in the country get invited to that. So shout out to DJ for that tremendous honor. I mean, they just continue to rack up for the future Gator signal caller. And with that, 
being mentioned, Mr. Lagway is supposedly, supposedly, he's not home, he's not here yet, gonna be in town for the next couple of days. And Mr. Lagway is gonna be on campus for a specific recruiting reason, it looks like, these next two days, because we have a very big fish in town tomorrow. If you listen to this episode on Thursday morning, that means he'll be pointing to Gainesville sometime probably this afternoon, Jeremiah Smith. And if you're familiar with recruiting at all, Jeremiah Smith is the number one wide receiver in the country. He's currently committed to the Ohio State Buckeyes and Brian Hartline up there, Ryan Day. Um, but the kid's visiting, man, and he's and, and DJ's flying all the way in supposedly from Texas to, to help show this young man around, maybe throw the ball around on the sidelines a little bit, you know, just hook it up, chop it up a little bit. Uh, guys, this is, this is pretty huge information dropping here just this evening. What, what do y'all think about that? CJ? Oh, it's great news because, you know, you have a guy who's coming on campus now with the quarterback that he would supposedly be playing with if he was to come here. And that's, that's a big deal. That's kind of why you got, DJ in the class so early is to try to help you recruit some of these big time wide receivers. Um, now I think the timing is not, you know, off the wall. I think Jeremiah Smith had been pretty open. He was going to take a wait and see approach uh, for Florida to hire a new wide receiver coach. Now that they have, I think he's feels like he's comfortable to, to come back on campus. Um, I think that that's, it's good, especially now that we do have a wide receiver coach, I think it's better that it's Billy G because Billy G is, uh, I mean, he's been doing this a long time. He's a good coach. He's recruited well. He's got a good coaching pedigree. So to have him on campus now with Jeremiah Smith, with DJ Lagway, and now with Austin Simmons all together, we look to be in for a pretty good recruiting weekend with all of those guys playing off of each other. Wes. Yeah, just to piggyback off what uh, CJ just said at the end uh, with uh, Simmons coming in, that's the quarterback uh, 2025 commit. So you got your potential. Not committed yet. Yeah, I said potential. Potential <laughs> potential 2025 commit, uh, QB quarterback coming in this weekend. You got your star of the show, DJ Lagway, 24 quarterback coming in. You got the number one wide receiver in the country coming in from the state of Florida. This is setting up, like CJ said, perfectly. Uh, then you just hired Billy G. And I also agree with CJ. Then, then having a coach that, that is a no-name coach that does, you don't really know about. One thing that uh, all the players, uh, if you were following our podcast last week, a lot of players came back, uh, came out and spoke out like how he did for them. Uh, Van Jefferson, Kadarius Tony, uh, Grimes, a lot of uh, uh, Freddie Swain, Josh Hammond, a lot of those guys came out and vouched for uh how good of a coach that billy g is and how he how he helped develop them and made them better players uh we saw Freddie swain and hammond before billy g got here and we saw the results of them after billy g left they ended up getting uh some stints in the nfl swain is still in the nfl and of course van and jerry's donor is also in the nfl but um this is just phenomenal you love to see it that's why we uh uh were so excited to have dj in early like last year it took us a while to get a quarterback uh, we had one, but he wasn't a high, he wasn't as talented and as high profile as DJ Lagway was, um, and is. And this is just uh, I heard some people mention Tebow effect. Uh, it doesn't matter who your quarterback is. Uh, I don't want to use Tebow effect, but if you have a top five potential quarterback that is that talented, why would she just want to? They why would she just want to know who? want to play with that type of guy. And then we already mentioned before of how charismatic this kid is and how magnetic he is. So I'm just excited, man. And I hope hopefully we can keep, we can steal one away from Harlan. That would be big to take, take somebody from Harlan, even though the kid is from Florida, <laughs> you know, to steal somebody back from Florida, from the state of Florida, from uh, Ohio State and Brian Hollard is major, major kudos to the staff. They can make this happen. Yeah. I, this can't be discounted. I mean, it can't be said enough. You know, this getting this visit right now and getting your quarterback to come from Texas. I mean, it's not like the kid's down in Orlando or something like that, and he's just making a drive up for the day. I mean, him and his father coming 
all the way from Willis, Texas, out to Gainesville just to, you know, chop it up with the big number one receiver in the country, man. This staff's moving big time. This is a big time move. You say, hey, man, we need you here. This is the kind of, you know, this didn't just come about overnight. You know, like, hey, you know, you mind coming over for the day tomorrow and hanging out with Jeremiah Smith? No, this was this was calculated by the staff. And like uh, CJ mentioned before, well done to wait until Billy G is in the fold. So, Jeremiah Smith can spend some time with Billy Gonzalez because I'm, you know, Billy Gonzalez is going to take some time away from what he's doing to, to meet and speak with Jeremiah Smith. You can bet money on that and um, let DJ work his magic, man. And there's been a lot of rumors that um, Jeremiah Smith might not end up in that class that, you know, Florida guys don't like that cold, man. Now I know it ain't a secret that Ohio state wide receivers get it done, but, some of them Florida boys don't want to go be cold, man. <laughs> Let me ask you guys a question um, before we move on. Just a quick question. Give a snippet. How good of a prospect is Jeremiah Smith? Uh, I have heard multiple times he is the best wide receiver to come along in, in many years. Uh, we were talking before the show. He's kind of in that Julio Jones kind of mold. Um, obviously, this is all – you know, prediction based. You can be great in high school. We've seen lots of high school kids that were just the absolute best thing you've ever seen and then didn't pan out in college. But he certainly has all the tools that, you know, you'd want out of a wide receiver in today's game. Yeah, definitely. I mean, when you talk measurables, the skill set, the mind for the game, the athleticism, the guys, he's got everything you want and a top-level wide receiver. I I think he's as good as we've, we've ever seen as far as like a wide receiver prospect. He plays top-level competition in the state that's known to produce the best wide receivers. So definitely, I'm, I think Jeremiah Smith, as far as like a prospect goes, he could potentially be one of the greatest prospects ever, regardless of position. Ooh. And as you guys mentioned, 2025 uh, quarterback prospect Austin Simmons is making another visit. I mean, he was just here a couple of weeks ago out of Pahokee, Florida, man. He is he seems to be big time hyped up on the Gators. Um, so you could see this kid commit. I'm I wouldn't be surprised if he committed maybe this weekend. Now I'm not saying that's happening. Don't don't hold me to that, please. But the kid is definitely – you can definitely tell he's wrapped up in the excitement about the Florida Gators right now. And I love to see Billy Napier have that plan. We get DJ, you know, that elite quarterback every year. I believe Austin Simmons right now is ranked somewhere like 63rd in the 2025 rankings. Yeah, he's a top top six quarterback right now in the rankings. Yeah, so – Depending on where you look at. Absolutely an elite quarterback. Followed up on the hill, you know, DJ Lagway, then you follow it up with another one. That's the mold you want to be in. Um, get it done, man. Get it done and let that young man start recruiting too. Hey, Jeremiah Smith, you might get to play with both of these guys. I mean, right. probably not if he's as great as we think he is. Yeah. Right. You know, you him and DJ <laughs> might be going out at the same time. But, hey, you know, future teammates, work it together, whatever you got to do. Um, yeah. an- Another – a uh, young man that's been in the been talked about here in the last week or so heavily visited earlier uh, this week. Jamari Howard is a cornerback currently committed to Mississippi, uh, not Mississippi State. I apologize, Michigan State had the wrong MSU right there. <laughs> um, he visited and rated his visit ten out of ten. Loved it. Said he'll be back six uh, two. 170-pound, speedy corner, just currently got a bump in the composite up to number 103. Corey Raymond, man, working that magic again. It looks like a kid he wants to get in here and uh, another shutdown corner on under his belt. Any thoughts on, on that one, guys? Um, I, I mean, Corey Raymond wants a corner. I'm going to want him too. So that's, <laughs> that's kind of where I'm resigned at. I mean – 
I, I'm not going to doubt the man. I've seen him take three stars early, and people wonder, oh, my God, is Corey Raymond washed? He doesn't know what he's talking about. And then you end up like kid, with kids like Sharif Denson and Jakeem Jackson. So, I mean, I'm, I'm going to let Corey Raymond do what Corey Raymond wants to do. <laughs> he's the GOAT, man. Um, going to shift gears here for a second and talk about a running back that was that came – got a little uh, press earlier this week. Running back, um, Kanan Daniels out of Mississippi. Now we're now we're in the right state. <laughs> was quarter, crystal balled by uh, Steve Whitfong to the Florida Gators this week. Um, kind of out of nowhere. Not a not a guy we had heard much about on our running back board. Obviously, we already have Chauncey uh, Bowens in the in the stable. We're already committed. Who's quickly rising up the, the charts? Probably at this point, might be considered running back one. For this class, I mean, originally when he committed, we all thought Chauncey was probably, you know, a, a backup, the number two back in the class. But now, if you look out there, I mean, he shot up everyone's board. Bama wants him. Georgia wants him. So now we're looking at this young man. He's 5'11", 190 pounds out of West Point, Mississippi. Number 356 overall in the composite. Kid has got tremendous numbers put up over 2000 yards last year as a as a junior has got a pretty good growing offer list bama a&m fsu all offered him so this begs the question i want to ask of you guys because we have to start thinking about this i mean obviously the staff's already a step ahead of us on this one do y'all think it's possible that we take three running backs in this class with the possibility of Montreal Johnson being out the door? And then the young man who we added from um, Tulane, I can't remember his name off the top of my head. because Cameron Carroll. That's right, Cameron Carroll. I'll remember that one of these days. I'm terrible with names. Um, Obviously, he could be gone as well. So, I mean, you're going to be looking at possibility of, of just – Webb and Trevor in the running back room next year and Bowens if you sign, you know, if he if we sign him. So do y'all think it's a possibility that we take three running backs this class? Wes? Yeah, I think it's a possibility. Speaking about the kid and uh uh like the Coma Raymond effect, I'm not gonna question this kid these the staff, excuse me, uh expertise on the running back position, uh being that they put guys who produce in the NFL. You saw what Montreal came over and did. Um, so I'm okay with whatever they do at the running back. I, you know, of course, we want high-profile guys. So I do still think they will take a third guy. Speaking to your point about these two upperclassmen may leave with Carroll and uh, Montreal going after the year, uh, you know, running backs and uh, their shelf life in the NFL, so he's probably gone. Um, and then you have ETN would be a junior, wherever being a sophomore, and you want death back there. And the way the transfer portal is, it depends on our, our – a position, a number of positions that other uh, key areas, how many people we, how many people, how many kids we take in this uh, cycle. So I think that will depend uh, a lot on it, but I can see us taking a third high level back. It won't be just a rat. If, if we take this kid, the other, if we take another running back, it's going to be a high profile guy. I would say a top 100 back if we take another one. Um, short answer, yes. I, I totally see us taking a third back. You look at Billy's offense and what he's run, it's used multiple backs. Even at most of the point – most of the time this year, we use three backs. Um, you, you're going to want that because you are looking at some depth issues. Once Montreal leaves, barring him having some catastrophe happen, Montreal's probably going to the NFL. Cameron Carroll doesn't have a choice. He's out of eligibility. So that's going to leave you with just Webb and and ETN. Um, then you bring in two running backs. That's only four backs on your roster in a, in a roster that usually uses four, you know, three or four backs in the offense. So I could totally see us adding another back in the recruiting class as long as it's somebody like Anthony uh, Carey Somebody like Jared Gibson, somebody like Stacey Gage. It's got to be a pretty big running back. If we don't add any of those guys, then I, I expect us to go with the transfer portal because you know we not running backs grow on trees in the print in the transfer portal. 
So I would say, yes, we're going to add it back. I'm not sure if it comes from the portal or the recruiting class, though. I couldn't agree more. Um, I, I definitely see us adding three new faces to that room next year, no matter how we go about it, though. I, it's just – but like Wes said, when it comes to uh, running back recruiting in this staff, I'm not worried. These guys uh, have got that part figured out, and uh, oh, yeah. Coach Jaluk knows what he's doing. So, and, and to CJ's point, running backs now, running back is one of those positions. I, I think it's crazy when you see the numbers a school like Texas is offering a Baxter and even now uh, Gibson to come in, in in today's day and age, you know, with the way running backs are used and, and – now make no make no mistake about it. Texas is putting the best running back into the draft this year. But it's just seemingly a changing landscape. And I'm I'm okay with the two to three running back system. Keeps a lot more tread on their tires for when they're pros, too. For the, right. you know, and I know those kids appreciate that. <clears throat> Guys, we're gonna talk about something a little uh different here. Uh, and this is it's kind of in lieu to some things that happened last year and maybe the lesson that the staff has learned from the things that happened last year. There's some, some talk out there that maybe UF this cycle is telling kids, um, no, we don't want you to silent commit. You're either committed or you're not committed. You're either, you know, you're going to be a Gator or you're not going to be a Gator. There is no, Hey, I, I want to keep it silent for right now. Now let me let me preface this by saying there's certain commits that you will allow this with regardless of the scenario. DJ Lagway was a silent commit, but that's because they have a bigger thing planned down the road, whether it be a TV commitment, something of that nature. You know, some some of these top 25 commits, they get the chance to be on TV, they up their followers on their social media platforms, they up so they up their NIL. I mean, it's just, it's a necessary evil kind of in the scheme of things now. But do y'all agree with the staff? I mean, Dabo has done this for years at Clemson. It's been, and, and been pretty successful with it, I would say. Um, but do you agree with the staff's decision, if it is in fact true, to um, cut back on these, letting these kids silently commit? CJ? Uh, it's different for every kid. Every situation is going to be different. Um, you're not going to tell a top 10 kid you need to commit right now or we're not taking your your commitment because you don't have that much leverage. Um, but there are kids, when you're talking like the 150s, the 200s, the four-star kids, yeah, you could definitely do that. I have no issues with that. I think that that's kind of what you want. You want, you know, an old saying, you can't be half pregnant. You either are or you aren't. So, um you know, you can't just be like, oh, I want, I'm silently committed. And, you know, uh, there was an old, an old saying on a uh, coach that says, he says, yeah, I got a lot of silent commits. The problem was on signing day, they ended up staying silent. So, um, <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm for it with kids that you can get away with it with. I, I think, like I said, though, I think every kid is so different now when you talk to the top 30 kids, the five-star recruits, the kids that have offers and they can go play anywhere they want to play. I don't know if you have that much leverage to to tell a kid like a Colin Simmons, hey, you you need to commit here now. If you don't, we don't we don't want your silent commit. You know, I, I don't think that that's I don't think that that's going to work. But I think you know a kid who's a three star or four star that you really want that you're high on, you can kind of leverage them into well, we want you to commit now. So um, yeah, I just think it's different for every situation, but I don't have a problem with them doing it. Wes. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more, CJ. Depends on the kid uh, and who that kid is and what type of kid it is. If it's a kid like how we knew DJ Lightway was, he was a, uh, a a type of kid that if he gave you his word type of kid, I mean, you, we, we meet people in life, and, and that's the same thing with some of these kids. You never know what they're going to do, but some of these kids come off the maturity level of the kid can take will tell you a lot about them as well. So if, you, if a kid say, hey, coach, I have a video guy that I want to set up a video with, or like uh, her said, I have a TV spot at the Unarmor game or uh, the the Army game or whatever. Then you that's understandable, but uh, you can't do it with each with, with every kid. Yeah, I'm I'm gonna do it this day, coach. 
and then the day comes and passes, and you're setting yourself up thinking you got this kid, and you tell another kid no. That causes a lot of problems, and we saw a lot of that from signing day. Uh, what this also tells me is the staff is learning it as well as, hey, we're not going to be doing that crap this year. We're going to put our foot down. To me, that's telling me they're being aggressive as well. Instead of uh, uh, putting pressure on these kids to, to to do it and not wait around and, and, and push stuff back over and over like we saw with the kid Walker uh, that we thought we had sealed up. We have to step up and put our foot down and, and get these kids in the class if we really want them and stop letting them. Uh, think about it and say, well, coach, I need to do this and, and all that stuff that, that doesn't usually end well. And that's not just this dab. That's been like a curse of ours as, 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 as Florida Gators fans for a while who follow recruiting. I, I think, too, though, that also goes where we're at as far as like situation-wise as compared to how the roster looked a year ago as to what it looks like now. You could kind of be more aggressive and take more chances. You know, you're not having to kind of placate the – trying to fill a, a depth need. I think we're pretty well set as far as like depth wise on most positions where you can do this. Now, I think last year you were kind of in the spot where it's like, we really need to get this kid any way we can get him because we have such a strong need on yeah. the depth chart. And now we have, now we have pretty much of us established foundation. That's a good point. And, and of young guys is at that, like, I mean, you know, we're not going to be losing a tremendous amount unless it's portal guys maybe after this season. So you're not trying to, to find maybe instant starters, you know, in the recruiting landscape. But, you know, the most famous situation last year goes back to the A.J. Harris situation where silently committed, uh, rumors got out, you know, he got crystal balled by Fong and a few others because the rumors got out. And then he got butt hurt. Sorry, I'm gonna call it what it is <laughs> about it. And it and the whole thing, you know, got drawn out. And then eventually, obviously, he ends up at Georgia, which he may have ended up at Georgia anyway, even if he committed to us. So let's let me not, you know, but it puts a lot more pressure on the kid if you publicly commit to stay with that commitment. No, no, a lot of these kids don't want the backlash that comes with a decommitment. I mean, you know, some kids aren't built for that. Some kids don't like it. I, and understandably so. I mean, the recruiting landscape as a whole now is such a, can be such a negative thing towards some of these kids just for being kids. Like, you know, you know if you have a teenager or you know a teenager, they change their mind daily on most subjects anyway. <laughs> So where they're going to spend the next three to four years of their lives doesn't come as any surprise that that they may have a change of heart in a month, two months, three months down the road. But it always helps that if a kid's in his heart willing to go public with his commitment, then it's probably a good indication of how serious he is about that school. So I really I like the approach, like CJ said, like I said at the beginning, there's certain circumstances where that's always going to be the case silent commitments uh if you're a top 30 25 kid you can call up espn cbs anybody that does recruiting coverage and say hey i'd like to uh i'm gonna commit on the 31st of the month do you have a 15 minute spot for me and they'll make a spot for them mm-hmm. you know it up their rankings. it boots up their rankings it boosts up the like i said the kids social media presences get boost because, hey, I'm committing on the 31st. Make sure you follow me for all this. And in today's age of NIL, social media presence is a huge factor in in what they can command for NIL based on their follower accounts. It's a, it's a huge deal. So I like to see the staff putting their foot down on, cer- on certain circumstances. I think it's time that they can flex their muscle a little bit and say, look, you're either a Florida Gator or you're not. If you're not, that's fine. We're gonna, but you're gonna shop. We're gonna shop, and that's just how it is. We're gonna find the best fit for us. You find the best fit for you, and you might lose on some kids that we might need. It, it's it's gonna happen, but I, I like the approach a lot better than than taking five, six, seven silence and then getting one or two of them. Right. All right, guys, we're gonna. Uh, Shift gears for a second. We want to we want to take a little bit of a deeper look into this year's recruiting cycle, and we're all gonna we're gonna talk about what 
each of us feels like is the can't miss position and maybe a couple of the prospects at that position that we need to see the Gators land this cycle. Um, obviously last year we got, we covered a lot of needs, but we, we have a lot of needs still as far as future, you know, all SEC, all American performers, you, you want to keep filling those positions with the best prospects you can possibly get. And we have a few positions that we all feel are certainly still huge needs going into this cycle. So I'm going to start it off. I'm going to go with uh, CJ. I know CJ's got his position ready to go, and then Wes is going to give you his, and and I'll round it out with mine. CJ, talk about it. I think when you look at the roster based on what we have and what we've lost I and what we're prepared to lose, too, on top of that, I think that the main glaring position of need is safety. We need safety help bad. We don't have a lot of depth. We have some good pieces at safety, but we don't have a lot of a lot of help behind it. Um so when I'm looking at the board and I'm like there's a guy we need who's who's like right in the class, Xavier Filsomy to me is an, is a really big need. I, I think that we need to do everything we can to get him in this class because we need a high profile safety. I think that uh, Jarvis Boatwright is almost there. I don't think he's as talented as Xavier Filsamy right now. Um, so I'd rather have I'd rather have Filsamy. Uh, but definitely, I would love to have Boatwright. I think he's important to the class because we need depth. Um, we saw Jalen Hayward at spring a few few weeks ago. Uh, if you've seen any of the articles that he was there for spring uh, practice, um, he's currently committed to Georgia right now. But, you know, uh, he's a kid that would definitely help out at that safety spot. Um, now that Corey Raymond has full autonomy of the of the secondary, you know, it might change with who we recruit at safety as opposed to when it was more or less Patrick Tony recruiting the safety spot. Now you have Corey Raymond who can kind of pick and choose. And I think that that, that might change things with, with Hayward. It might not. I, I'm not – I don't know. You know, when you commit – usually percentage of the time you're probably going to stay committed, but it doesn't mean we don't keep trying, but definitely as far as like glaring need CJ, if you could have one kid commit today to me, it's, it's Xavier feels me. I just really believe we need the safety help bad. We've got to have kids in that secondary that can, can really get after it or some really good ball Hawks because if your back end of your secondary isn't very good, it's going to limit what you can do in the front end with what we saw last year, where everybody's like, "Why, why are the corners playing so far off? Why, why, you know, we're not pressing <laughs> enough. We're not pressing because if the corner gets beat, you had Trey Dean and and Rashad Torrance back there, um, not really getting the job done. So, I mean, you, you saw these guys run their forty times at the combine, and they were like sub four eights. And I'm like, that's that's why our, our corners are playing so far back because if they get beat, there's no guarantee the safety is going to stop them. So then you're just opening up the big play and you're basically playing cover zero. So you need good safeties in the back. And, and not to say we don't have those guys. We've got Dijon Johnson who's coming up. You've got Kamari Wilson who's shown some flashes. He's a young player. He's a talented kid, five-star prospect. So – We'll see as how that progresses, but right now, if you can get an Xavier Filsamy and you can get a Jarvis Boatwright and you can get a Jalen Hayward, if you were able to pull that off and really reload that safety room, we could be looking at a very dominant secondary for the next few years. So as a need, that to me is the one we really need to focus on. I can't I can't disagree with any of that. Safety is a huge need for this class. Wes, what are, what are your thoughts? Yeah, um I, I agree with you, CJ. I, I went with uh this position because you know what can help a, a secondary? A good pass rush. And we have been lacking in a star guy maybe since I, I when I say star, maybe Dante Fowler might have been the last star guy at the end. Even though I loved what uh, Alex McAllister did back in was 2016, 2016-ish, uh, the, that year Will Grill was there. But uh, as far as an elite pass rusher from the edge, 
Um, not the strong. We have a lot of, I believe, strong side defensive ends on the on the uh, on the uh, team on the roster. But as far as a true uh, DN rushing the pass, I think only have his power now. I know we were, we were going to move some guys around. Some freshmen may go over there and play that position. Uh, and it's my hurt for Keon Keeley last year that we didn't weren't, weren't <laughs> unable to uh, get that commitment. Uh, maybe we need to go out of state and get this guy, uh, Colin Simmons, not to be confused with the quarterback from Florida uh, that, that we <laughs> target, Austin Simmons. Uh, but he is from Texas, uh, 6'3", 225. He's the number one uh, edge rusher in the, in the country, the number three player in the, in, the, in the country, number one edge rusher, number three player. Um, and I'm just going to stick with this guy because I want a high-profile guy. I know it's early in the staff, probably will have some other guys come on a little bit later with these elite uh, traits that he possessed. And that's the guy I want. Um, I'm, I'm going to keep – I defended chaos a lot last year. And I love the D-line that he got. I know some people were upset that he didn't get a true, true nose, but we got that in the portal, I believe. So right now, uh, I believe the D-tackle position is solid. I'm going to ask some guys this 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 time. I believe the strong defensive uh, inside is solid. And we're going to ask some guys this, this this cycle as well. But we need to add a guy, a dude, a, a, a straight-up dude that when it's third and seven and we need somebody to make a play to, to help your boys in the back. Uh, I'm not going to try, uh, try to pronounce your boys, uh, your safe name that you just mentioned. I'm going to leave that to you because I didn't study your guy. But as far as uh, Simmons helping the back end, he can do that. With the DB class that we have uh, that, that just came in and the safety class that you're mocking, that you're hoping that we, we get – you got to have somebody that they complement each other. Uh, the, 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 the Russian, the passer complements the secondary and vice versa. And we need that part. We need that part, uh, the DN uh, part, to to do its part because they, I don't feel like we've been rushing the passer lead enough. Like I love uh, Princely and I love uh, Powell, but they're long in the two. So they're gonna, hopefully they have a breakout year and they can go to the NFL. So um, that's my guy, Colin Simmons. That's the position I feel like we need to have some elite guys come through in this cycle. Both of y'all made very, very solid points, and I I agree. Um, um, I'm going to flip sides of the ball, and I'm going to go with offensive tackle. Uh, obviously, we know about our misses last cycle at offensive tackle when you start with Lucas Simmons and then uh, obviously, with Lola there at the end of the cycle, we put all of our, you know, eggs in that basket and, and came up empty on that. So we had to hit the portal for some tackles. And we got some, you know, with Goodwin and um, George. We brought them in. But eventually, you're going to have to land a tackle through recruiting. It's just going to have to happen. I mean, you're going to – uh, we were supposed to have David Stone in for a visit. That visit got canceled. He's probably going to stay out in the Midwest there, <clears throat> excuse me, with Texas or Oklahoma, A&M, one of those schools out there. Uh, we swung on Cam Pringle early in the cycle, but he never actually made it to town before committing to South Carolina. But I do think you'll see us double back on, on Cam Pringle. I do not believe we're going we're gonna to give up in that recruitment, him being, of course, um, Cousins with Juwan Taylor, former offensive tackle at Florida. Um, but there's a few other names out there I, I, I think we've got a good shot at, but we need to press, man. And one being Ethan Callaway, he's 6'7", tackle out of North Carolina. He's number 205 in the composite, 300-pound guy already going into his senior season. Um, I've heard good things about how how we stand for Ethan Callaway. I think he might be, as of right now, the most likely guy. But he may, I mean, there's other guys out there, and we need to press on them. Uh, another one being out of South Carolina is, is Josiah Thompson. He's 6'6", 280. He's the number 73 overall player in the composite right now, but he's currently favored to South Carolina. Well, I just – I don't know. Maybe I just don't see it, but I don't see South Carolina, South Carolina landing uh, two elite tackles in one class when we can't get one. Something's not adding up there, Uh I'm going to need Mr. Sale to kick it into gear here. And another one closer to home is uh, Jimothy Lewis. is 6'6", 280-pounder out of IMG. He's number 178 overall in the composite right now. Um, all great options. And I'm not saying you got to land necessarily a five-star kid, but you need to land 
a good top 200, top, uh, top 100, preferably, offensive tackle here before long. I mean, it's just this cycle, you probably need to land two. But get me one blue chipper first, and then we'll we'll talk about the second one. But I need to see this staff in this cycle land us a good, solid offensive tackle that can be groomed behind the guys that we brought in in the portal and that we already have on the team like Austin Barber. So, guys, that's going to do it for this week as far as recruiting and everything goes. Not a whole lot of team notes. As right now, the guys just started back with spring practice, had a little spring break action. Um, you've seen some of the highlights early here, Billy G out there coaching the receivers up, excited to see that. If you haven't had a chance to go out there and watch the video that the, uh, Florida account tweeted out today of Austin Armstrong out there on the field, coaching kids up, that dude is a firecracker, man. That guy is on fire for some damn football and God, I've missed it. You ain't gonna see no damn. <laughs> oh, he's my kind of he's my kind of defensive. Uh, you ain't seen no Todd Grantham out there acting like that. I can promise you that. Man, um, you combine him with Coach Spencer; those guys right there. Boy, they, I'm gonna tell you now: these defensive guys between that and Coach Raymond, which you know is Coach Raymond's all about business. I don't. I ain't never seen Coach Raymond holler, but I know how he probably talks to those young men right. on the field. He <laughs> more about swag, man. You know that is. Chill like that. <laughs> well, and, and nobody has more chill than Coach Raymond. Yeah, so, right. um, and you know what Mike P brings to the table? Mike P was always that way on the field. <clears throat> so hopefully uh our our man, Mr. Bateman, gets you know, gets caught up in some of that and it's contagious. And these defensive guys, I tell you right now, I love the energy I've seen in videos from the defensive guys in the huddle and at practice. I'm really looking forward to seeing this defensive group take a huge leap forward this year. So, guys, with that being said, that's pretty much all there is for that. And as you know, if you've been following the show the last few weeks, man, the Gator baseball team is crushing, crushing it. And into uh, and, and as we come into this, I mean, they just took FSU on out of the stadium last night. I know CJ's got a little good stat about Florida versus FSU to share with you. So, guys, without any further ado, CJ, take us around the bases, man. It's just another day uh, taking care of business in the Kevin O'Sullivan era against his in-state rivals. Since he's gotten here, we've absolutely owned Florida State. We've won 15 in the last 18 against Florida State. I mean, just taking care of business. People are freaking out. You know, we're down 5-1. to They're like, oh, no, what are we going to do? We're – we look bad. I was like, guys, just calm down. A little rusty. We had the doubleheader on Friday. We didn't play baseball on Saturday. We didn't play on Sunday. We didn't play on Monday. Just had to shake some of the rust off. You had to drive up there to the Poverty Stadium <laughs> in Tallahassee with the stupid, the stupid trash fence and the, the right field wall that they have. Um, I mean, and then you take care of business against your in-state rival – after you've already taken care of business against the uh, our SEC rival, our cross-division rival, Alabama, uh, we went two out of three against Alabama. Brandon Sprout on Thursday night pitched a complete game shutout, only gave up one hit the whole game against an Alabama team that has is at the top of every batting statistic in the country. Brandon Sprout showed exactly why he came back to pitch again because he felt like he was better than going to uh, the third round rinky dink Mets. Um, and he's here to prove that. So you're looking at a great, great baseball team shaping up. Um, now this weekend, we're really starting to get into your hot and heavy, you know, just SEC schedule. You've got to play Ole Miss. You got to go on the road. You're going to Oxford, the defending national champion, Ole Miss Rebels. Uh, Ole Miss has kind of been sputtering a little bit the last couple of weeks, um, starting to hit, but they're definitely still a very talented baseball team. Ole Miss is no slouch. It's, you're on the road. You're in Oxford. You got to pull this one out. You got to win this series. You got to go two, three. You got to take that and, and really make a statement of where you're at in the conference. You're looking at all the other teams in the conference that are starting to come around. LSU is is absolutely killing everybody. Um, they they took their series against Texas A&M. Um, Vanderbilt looking good. South Carolina's only lost one game. Kentucky has come out of nowhere this season to look really good. Uh, Missouri, they sweep Tennessee. 
Um, I mean, insanely good stuff going on good. in the East right now. So we've got uh, – <laughs> hopefully we sweep Tennessee. Uh, but, uh, no, some, some, great, some great stuff going on. Wyatt Langford is progressing nicely uh, from everything I've heard. No, no exact timetable on when when he's going to return, but he's running, he's throwing, he's uh, you know definitely getting back back together. Kevin O'Sullivan is very happy where where he's at on the uh, recovery process. Um, so we could see Brandon, excuse me, we could see White Langford back in a few weeks. I mean, I, I wouldn't be shocked by that if we see him even by the time we play maybe Georgia. So uh, maybe even before that, maybe Auburn. Um, but no, definitely some great stuff going on. It's always good to win the first game in the series against your rival, like FSU. Still have the two more: the one in Jacksonville, one in Gainesville. And you know, hopefully, we take the sweep this year. Won two out of one last, uh, two out of three last year. So, um, you know, just some good stuff going on. Good stuff on the mound. Uh, Zach Caglione still looking MVP level. Josh Rivera has completely turned his. His stock upside down. I was going to ask you to talk about Josh Rivera and what he's done this season. Obviously, you follow it a little stronger than I do, but just casually watching last night, and I saw he's up to 37 RBIs on the season on a pace for 90. I mean, that's incredible. That's incredible. It's even more incredible because it's not like Rivera did not have hype like like, like Yeah, and that's where I was going with that. Or not a Jack Caglione. He coming into the season. Rivera had been a decent player. Um, he kind of was in the two hundreds average range last year. Uh, he was a decent player. He was okay. Um, now all of a sudden, he really reworked his entire swinging mechanics in the off season, and he's just tearing the cover off the baseball. Uh, really starting to shoot up some of the draft boards. People are really starting to look at Rivera. Um, guy has done incredible. I mean, he's he's RBIs are just just coming for him in, in waves. The guy is insanely talented. Um, so, and definitely in a time where Wyatt Langford is not in your lineup, that really helps um, to kind of give a boost to somebody like Jack Caglione. Jack Caglione, you saw where he wasn't doing so hot over the weekend against Alabama. He had had some pretty rough, rough goes at it. Then he comes into FSU last night. He has three hits against FSU. So, um, it really just shows where this team's at. Um, you can find offense from almost anywhere in the lineup. You saw it last night from Michael Robertson or Dale Thomas or any of these guys, Ty Evans, when he's on the field, Kay Curlin, he's going through a little slump right now, but Curlin is still insanely talented for his level. Um, but definitely just be on the lookout. Watch the series this weekend against Ole Miss, big-time series. Very important to where we're going to see where we're at. First real road test we've been through this season. So I'm eager to see uh, how we perform. Absolutely, man. I'm telling you, even through just you talking about it, you know, I've I've never followed college baseball closely. I usually watch when it, you know, when they get to the end of the season and and they start falling into the, uh, you know, the tournaments. And um, this year, I've I've paid a lot more closer attention. Boy, this team is just exciting. So once again, guys, if you live anywhere around Gainesville or, or, or even a, an hour or so out, man, take a drive up the next time the Gators are in town playing a series and, and, and watch by all accounts. It is one of the better atmospheres in college baseball to go and just sit and watch a game with your family. Uh, the new park is fantastic. So man, take advantage of it, man. And, and, and watch a, what could be a historically great Gators baseball team play this season definitely all all right fellas well that's pretty much gonna do it for this week guys um as always man we appreciate all of y'all that tune in and keep making this wheel turn and you know we can't do it without our listeners man and we appreciate all of you and want to make sure y'all know um to check out our other episode pod of the people we drop that usually on youtube exclusively every saturday morning so if you haven't already checked it out, man, go go listen in to Pot of the People on YouTube. While you're there, if you haven't already, hey, man, be a friend. Subscribe to the channel. Help some brothers out. We appreciate it. It, it takes two seconds. Click the like button. Yeah, man, and hit that like button. Off. Smash that like button. Smash <laughs> That's it. right. Smash it through Smash the keyboard. Smash that like button and drop a comment. Hirsch, 
Why do you sound like you're out of deliverance? I mean, what, you know, anything you want to say, I'm good with it. <laughs> all right, guys. CJ, you got anything you want to add before we jump? Man, you guys just keep following us on all the major platforms, the Twitters. Uh, make sure you guys keep following us over there. Good feedback. We're bouncing things around all week with the different topics. We're all pretty active on there. Um, make sure you follow the pages, Twitter. See, uh, go see our Patreon page. Try to support us as creators. Everything we make from the Patreon is going to go right back into the podcast to make sure. And hopefully, if we can get the Patreon to grow a little more, we can do more exclusive content over there. Maybe some watch-alongs, maybe some Q and As, maybe some live streams or something like that would be great. We can, if we can get the Patreon built up, we'd be happy to do things like that. We need you guys to support more than ever. So just make sure you're keeping up with us. Keep it on interacting with us, answering the questions that we post every day, asking questions, and, uh, of course, liking, retweeting. Everything you guys can do really helps us out a bunch. Yes, sir. Next time CJ's in town for a baseball game, he's going to take over the the Twitter feed and, and, and live tweet from the stadium and give you all all kinds of content. I'm dedicated to it. I'm dedicated to making sure he CJ does that. That's right. You're just going to hear me like complain about the umpire for like 90% of the game. Oh. All right, Wes, take us home, man. All right, appreciate it. The, the guys already hit on everything, you guys. It won't hurt for me to say it as well. Like, subscribe, hit the notification bell. Uh, of course, you guys know this is a podcast that support our troops. So to all our troops uh, out there, all our veterans, we thank you for your service uh, and what you do for us to be able to have podcasts like this. So we salute you all and also the spouses of those service members as well because uh, not only uh, do they serve you, but you help uh, them serve as well. So we thank you guys. Uh, we support you guys. And we salute you guys for uh, listening and supporting our podcast. And as always, go Gators. Go Gators. Go Gators, baby. Next week, guys, we'll catch you. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.